Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get a So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you again today for another interview episode. Very, very excited for today's chat. We're returning to the sport of weightlifting. Our first male weightlifter on the show, Matthew Littermont, Tokyo Olympian, competed in the 109 kilogram category at those games and this is a a great chat with Matt learning a little bit more about uh, how we got into the sport the unique way he got into it sort of growing up playing a variety of different team sports how he was able to really progress in the sport so quickly over the years and what it was like having a pretty esteemed two-time Olympian as a coach to help him on that journey and also just learning a little bit how Matt sort of always gets thrown into the deep end when it comes to everything he achieves in life he never went to a world championship never went to a commonwealth games anything along those lines the olympic games was really his first massive international tournament that he went to and even outside of that too just some other stories including some uh, great countries he's been to uh first taste of uh, real taste of overseas as well so great insight here into his career into the sport of weightlifting his Olympic experiences, and uh, a little bit of fun here too. Proud Queenslander, Matt. So uh, lots of things to talk about around the Queensland Brisbane sporting scene as well. So I think you're going to enjoy this chat. Here's our chat with Tokyo Olympic weightlifter Matthew Litterman. excited to be able to talk about the sport of weightlifting here and off the podium. We've had a couple of great guests already, but our first ever male weightlifter is joining us today. He made his Olympic debut in Tokyo, where he competed in the 109 kilo division, a national record holder. And someone who I'm so intrigued to learn a little bit more about his journey to the sport, because weightlifting is always a sport that I love hearing how people get involved in it. Joining us on the show today is Matthew Littermont. Matt, first of all, welcome to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you for the, uh, the introduction. It's it's my pleasure. That's that's my job done. Uh, now I've just got to come up with some decent questions and try and keep you entertained for the next little bit. I'll do my very best. <laughs> Sounds fantastic, mate. Sounds fantastic. See, see how I go. I, I'm legitimately intrigued to hear your story about getting into the sport because what I'm learning about weightlifting is this doesn't really seem to be a sport that many people wake up as a kid and go, I'm going to be a weightlifter. I'm going to do this. This is my this is my my sport. It sort of seems like something that you kind of always discover sort of after playing a variety of different sports because you were heavily involved in, in a series of team sports and many other sports before you sort of discovered weightlifting so tell us about your journey kind of where you went from those sports into eventually appearing at an olympic games in weightlifting yeah it's sort of sort of all just sort of snowballed into the olympics really so yeah as you said i was involved growing up it was all like basically cricket rugby afl um i've played a bit of basketball and i did athletics at school as well but 
Um, so I was sort of like a jack of all trades, great at none, really, growing up in school. But, yeah, it was always like sort of cricket and rugby, uh, with, as I said, AFL as well, growing up. Cricket was probably the main main sport I played um, growing up. Um, so that basically started those from when I was about, yeah, nine, ten years of age um, and sort of played all the way through. And yeah, sort of I would have been probably 18. I sort of got a, I got a stress fracture in my back playing um, bowling and cricket. Um, so that sort of like put a bit of a damper on like sort of playing the game. I was sort of out for sort of six months and um, then I decided I went back one more year, but sort of wasn't really the same. And like it, with the actual game itself, obviously, you know, it takes up your whole weekend. Um, yeah. Playing Saturday for eight hours, rock up 9am, finish at 5pm. On a hot sun, on a hot summer's day in, in Queensland, where you're looking up at the sky, thinking I could be at the beach right now, rather than <laughs> out here in the field with eleven blokes with terrible humour. Um, <laughs> so it's sort of like sort of slowly, sort of almost like fell out of love with that. And like I was working in the fitness industry at that point uh, at an RTO, and just down the road, a, a weightlifting gym opened up with Brisbane Barbell Club, um, and the head coach there was Damon Kelly, um, who, who's still my coach to this day, and. Um, that was in 20, 2014 and because um, he just got back from Com Games in, I want to say it was Glasgow. Um, and I sort of, I'd met him before, so I was like, oh, I'll just go down and sort of give this weightlifting thing a go and, yeah, sort of snowballed from there into what it is now. It must be pretty special to kind of be able to go down to a local club and have a two-time Olympian just that accessible. Coming back from a Commonwealth Games, did you say, hey, like, uh, you know, uh, how, how'd you like to teach me teach me this sport that you you must be pretty good at yourself? Yeah, pretty much. So it was sort of like, it was pretty nice. Yeah, obviously, sort of rolling into a gym and you got, you know, one of the legends of the, of the sport as a coach there with, well, he's got 15, 20 years of experience as a lifter himself, as you said, to Olympics. And then he's also a Commonwealth Games gold medalist as well. So like, and sort of just there, and then yeah, obviously we turned into we gelled pretty well, two peas in a pod, really. And it's sort of what, uh, what's led to today, yeah. You kind of don't exactly go down to your local cricket club, and, and there's Maddie Hayden or somebody like that, just you know, sitting behind the, the table ready to go, like, hey, you know, can you can you teach me how to play cricket a little bit better? It doesn't quite work that way in other sports, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. That's uh, it was sort of. It was a blessing in disguise. Well, it was a blessing, really. Not really in disguise, just yeah, the sky's big demo. But yeah. So through all the, the sports that you were playing, I mean, obviously, say through something like cricket, was the sort of the aspirations, obviously, as it would be for every cricket player to, to wear the baggy green representation. And through any of those sports, obviously, none Olympic rugby, obviously, sort of Olympic, different type of rugby. But did you ever kind of have Olympic aspirations? Did you sort of watch the Olympics and think, well, that would be a pretty cool event to maybe compete for Australia for one day? Yeah, like I always watched it. Uh, like. Obviously, like remember, the, obviously the 2000 Olympics when I was really young back then, um, and obviously had old um, strawberry kisses on it and yeah. ceremony and <laughs> best memory from Sydney, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And then obviously, yeah, obviously got like, yeah, Kathy Freeman obviously running in the full suit, and um, yeah, obviously had Ian Thorpe and Grant Hackett in the swimming and everything like that. Like always, always watched it. Like just in general, I love sport, so anything that's at a high level of sport, I, I love tuning into and watching it. Um, so I was always sort of there and like always wanted to sort of aspire to be the best sort of athlete I could be. Uh, but yeah, as, as I said, growing up, I was always watching um, in the summer. It was cricket. As I said, I was mainly a cricketer and watching the likes of Brett Lee and Glenn McGrath and all that. Um, obviously, as a bowler, you aspire to be that. 
Um, obviously, there was Shane Warne going around as well and the, the safety of Ricky Ponting as a captain. Felt like we could never lose a game. And yeah, yep. but um, obviously, like, you know, so that was always the, the childhood dream. But then fell in love with weightlifting. And even when I started weightlifting, I didn't expect it to, to sort of go this far. It was sort of like each comp just sort of trying to improve on itself. And then I was sort of like, oh, holy crap, could possibly win like a nationals. And then go from there, it's like now it's left in Australian teams. And I was like, oh, like, you know, got the chance to really have a good run. Like, what was it? I would be honest, three years ago now that um, the qualification period started. I was like, with the qualification, the way it works out, I could have a red hot crack here. And it's sort of, um, sort of that sort of all happened. And I was like, yeah, I was a whirlwind. Why not? Why not? I, I, I thank you for mentioning Ricky Ponding as a proud Tasmanian. Anytime his name gets mentioned, an angel gets its wings, so that's always a nice thing. Um, yeah. What's it What's it like growing up? I mean, I lived in Brisbane for a short period of time, not not long enough to really kind of get a, a whole vibe of the situation, but obviously NRL's king in in Brisbane. But what was that like sort of growing up playing AFL and kind of, you, you know, being that? Because it's, it's not something that I heard talked a lot about when I was living in Brisbane was the AFL. No, nah, it's not. Oh, it's sort of, oh, maybe for a period there from, I think it was, what was it, 2001 to two thousand. The early 2000s, Michael, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, when Michael Voss was the king of king of the uh, of Brisbane for a bit there and we had the uh, the lines going through and almost had four in a row. Yeah. Um, but, like, for me, it was sort of like, I think it was just sort of normal. So, like, my, my old man, he, um, he played AFL at Maine Tigers um, up here when he was in the 70s. Um, 77 grand final never forgets to tell me about it at the gamma um so yeah he played for main tigers so he played afl so i mean growing up like it was yeah as i said we watch in at home here it was always cricket in the summer and then winter would come around it was actually nrl and um, afl but then when i went i went to um st pat's where we had rugby union so i ended up playing rugby union but i right. always watch rugby league more than i have watched rugby union so rugby league's probably the main sport here and barely played it in my life but yeah it's um it was always interesting but yeah we it's just for for me it was normal so, so how then do you end up as a richmond supporter i obviously off there i mean right behind you you got a lovely nice richmond uh guernsey behind you so i mean uh you know brisbane boy richmond tigers i don't see the correlation here <laughs> Main, uh, so as i said my old man played for main tigers um so before the bears they, were, they always supported richmond um, I, I, I don't mind the lines either. I'll go, I'll go for them because obviously growing up in Brisbane. But and then on top of that, yeah, Dusty Martin's my favourite player. So of course, um, so he, he's a part of it as well. But yeah, it's main Tigers sort of into the Richmond Tigers. But then also then yeah, you've got favourite player playing for him as well. And then obviously just all works out that way. Well. Lions and Tigers, uh, two great dynasties that you've experienced in your lifetime. Like, I yeah. mean, you've been pretty lucky there with all of that. Also, two great lows as well. Yeah. Also. <laughs> Don't remember the lows. Remember oh. the highs. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely rollercoaster. But, yeah, even Lions are back up there now. Uh, with, obviously, they've got a good midfield at the moment. And then, obviously, that uh, Joe Danaher this year has been a good recruit for him. And obviously, yeah, for sure. Charlie and Hipwood in there as well. So, and Chris Fagan, yeah. another Tassie boy. Look at us. We're just pinning all the, the, the Tassie people out right now. So. Should we talk about Revolt as well then? Yeah, why not? God, Jesus. It's just all the great yeah, Tasmanians. Current Australian captain. Uh, yeah, exactly. What else? David Boom. We haven't mentioned his Tassie. name yet. You know, just yeah. all about Tasmania. When when you <laughs> get into the weightlifting then, you sort of you, you pick it up. 
I mean, what was it that kind of made you fall in love with it? What was it that all of a sudden you think, wow, this is maybe what I've been missing out on doing my entire life? Yeah, well, um, like, yeah, obviously you always do strength and conditioning stuff growing up for sport. And then, um, like, just, I don't know, there's something beautiful about the, the actual movements of, like, snatching and clearing jerking. Um, and it's sort of like, a, you know, you can never perfect it type thing. And it's like you're always trying to perfect it. And then there's always the unknown of, you know, getting stronger all the time and um, bettering yourself, basically. Because uh, obviously starting off, you don't start off like you know wanting to compete with other people it's always like almost like a a self sort of journey to start off with of just constantly improvement and um and then obviously um going from a team sport background into individual um it's it's something where like it it requires your own sort of discipline and things like that as well and um and everything that you achieve like you got a team around you but it's like everything you achieve like you could have a bad game of rugby cricket and still win and it's fantastic and you get to celebrate with the lads and you know have a circuit and the rest of it but um in an individual sport it all comes down down to you really um and and there's something that's that's lovely about it there's also parts of it that i don't like because obviously i love the team environment but um and that's why i sort of try and keep myself with a good team around me and uh obviously people that you train with as well but yeah there's just something about the you're constantly pushing yourself and um, improving yourself, self-improvement. So that is wonderful. It must be a pretty special feeling when you're starting out and you start working your way up, lifting heavier and heavier. I mean, do you sort of remember what it was like when all of a sudden you're starting to to lift these like top weights? I mean, it must be, you know, feel pretty boss there, Matt. Kind of like, you know, just um, look how tough I am showing this off and, you know, just keep going up through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh... I definitely don't think I'm a tough guy. Probably, probably <laughs> quite the opposite. But it's uh, it, it is definitely something that like, like when you look back when I first started and like say like doing my first state championships and looking at like you know the numbers that say the people that won states were doing and um, and then go from there. Then all of a sudden you're lifting those numbers as well. That's sort of surreal. And then same sort of thing with nationals. You have your first nationals and. And then you start, then like you're pushing like for national championships, winning your first national championship. You remember how cool it was just to be like competing there. And then you're winning that. And then um, same thing with like, then you get selected in the national team and you're like looking at all the people in like the Oceania area and everything like that. And you're like, look how much they're lifting. And then all of a sudden you're lifting that much as well. And it's sort of like, it's a bit of a surreal, like pinch yourself sort of moment because you're always looking at it like, wow, look how much yeah. they can do. And then all of a sudden you're competing against them. Which I can imagine too, it's a mentality thing too, like and it, that mental barrier working your way up because it, it's a sport where you are literally going higher and higher and higher. It's, it's you, you know, you're always going for that that extra weight. It's it's sort of maybe not like a, a footy game where ultimately you, the highest points wins. You know, you never need to get a certain score to win as long as you've got the highest at the end of the clock. This is literally you need the, the heaviest weight, the, the combination, and then the more you go on, the better you're getting. So it's kind of, it's it's a unique way of kind of changing from that team sport, as you are saying, into a, an individual sport such as weightlifting. Yeah, definitely. Like it is like, it is a part of it that I do love, like the actual competing side. Like I love, obviously growing up playing sport, generally, if you are playing sport, you probably love competition um, in any case of the matter, uh, whether it be you have a fucking around your mates or whatever the case may be, you just love competing. And it is a part of it that I do love the, the actual competition side of it, like when like you're battling with someone or something like that and it's sort of like your neck and neck and the adrenaline gets going of like, you know, 
um, of you versus them. And it's literally just you versus them. It was no one else, um, good or bad, that you can, you know, they did well or you did well, like in a team sport. It's just literally you competing against them. And um, and all the games that get played in the back room with the warm-up selections and moving weights around and everything like that, it's, um, it is a real rush. Like, it's, it's fantastic. There's nothing but... Nothing that I, I can compare to. What What is training, like a standard training week for you like? Because, I mean, you know, me, the, the armchair critic who really knows limited amounts about weightlifting, I'd say, well, you just lift weights. That's all you need to do. But there's yeah. obviously a little bit more to it than that, Matt. So it's sort of like what's a general training week for you like? Yeah, so, like, obviously, so I train, like, probably six days a week. Um, so usually on those days you will do – one of the variations of the lift. So like, for example, like for a snatch or a clean jerk, you might do like a power snatch or a power clean or um, jerks or push press, overhead pressing, um, all those sorts of things. Um, then on top of that, where like generally I'll squat three to four times a week um, and sort of like pull, which is similar to a deadlift, like three or four times a week as well. Um, obviously it's not heavy all the time, but there's lighter days, heavier days, things like that. Um, some days it's more focusing on whether it be speed or power and then other days it's pushing like going heavier and other days like for the, especially with technique technique work it's just literally going lighter and working on technique make sure that that's that's correct and that's that's on point as well because um, without that in weightlifting um, so if your technique's got a fault it'll probably be a limiting factor at some point in in your journey uh, which then means that you're eventually you'll have to address it so better off to address it earlier on than, than later on which is something in particular at the start of my career Damo did really well with me in regards to not just you know third week of training maxing out um it was almost like six months worth of just light work doing technique 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 just drilling that into me which has then obviously laid the platform for me to be able to grow off now um into into where i am uh, making sure i'm doing everything correctly from the start rather than having to go back and readjust things and, and go forward again. And in terms of sort of having someone like him helping you, I mean, when sort of fast forwarding a little bit, when you do get on that Olympic squad, is he someone who is a good sounding board to sort of give you tips and advice, not just for competing at that level, but in Olympic games, obviously the, the yeah. pinnacle of, of sport. Yeah, definitely. He's my whole, through my whole weightlifting career, he's definitely been a massive mentor for me. Like, He's, there's nothing in the sport that he hasn't seen really um, through, through the 15 years. So whether it was, yeah, on my first trips, um, any advice that he'd give for like traveling, um, obviously Olympic Games, obviously he was like, he was very much if I needed anything, um, could talk to him. I think we had, we had a couple video chats while we were over there just talking about it um, and sort of like just sort of almost like reflecting like how surreal it is. Um, like I don't know if there's been anyone else in Australia that's, gone to the Olympics and then on top of that, then taking someone that taught him how to snatch and clean and jerk and taking them to the Olympics. Like I think there's been people that, you know, people have come along and they've sort of like coached, but they've already been at that level where uh, he's sort of taken me from teaching me how to snatch and clean and jerk to the Olympics, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was sort of like a, we had a, we had a, um, a chat one day there talking about it all, how, how awesome it is that it's all happening. And um, if there was anything that I need, obviously he was, was always able to be contacted because anything I'm doing, he's he's definitely done it before to be able to go through it all with me and basically keep me as calm and everything as possible in, in that sort of situation of being at the pinnacle of the sport and with some of the best athletes in the world. 
What amazes me about your journey, Matt, is that you know you would you would assume that most athletes in the Olympics they've they've done a World Champs, they've done a Commonwealth Games, they've kind of you know done these big tournaments and then they go to the Olympics. Your biggest games you really did were the Pacific Games. You, you'd never been to a World Champs, never Commonwealth Games. This was kind of like your first real taste of like massive international competition. I mean, is that kind of the best way to do it though? Maybe just go straight to an Olympics and then because everything else after that, like a World Champs is great, but you've done the Olympics. Like, you know, that's yeah. that's not as big. I mean, is that kind of the, the way athletes should be doing it right now? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's sort of like the uh, young person has nothing really to, to lose because like, you know, you're just sort of thrown in the deep end, sort of sink or swim in it. But yeah, um, yeah no, it was, definitely was. It was definitely an experience. Like I've never, like obviously, as you said, never went to. I've uh, uh, just missed out on Com Games Sport in 2018. Um, and then yeah, so Pacific Games, went to the Asian Indoor Games over in Turkmenistan as well in 2017, uh, which sort of yeah, you were just sort of there hanging out, sort of thing. It wasn't really. I wouldn't say it would be like a Com Games or an Olympic Games because we didn't have a full Australian team. Like not there with like you know some of the best athletes in australia as well um but yeah it was like pacific games olympic games um but yeah as you said never been to a world champs or anything like that but nice definitely just staying in the deep water yeah go there can i say getting to go to turkmenistan i mean who gets to say they've been to turkmenistan what's that experience like Oh, it's a it's a wild old country, old Turkmenistan. Um, but it was amazing. <laughs> it was like the second country I'd ever been to. So I went to New Zealand as a when I was playing rugby for like just a school trip um, on under sixteens. And I remember I was sort of like had the blase, you could say ignorant Australian sort of attitude. Yep. I was like, oh, New Zealand is just Australia with an accent sort of thing. And yep. I'm like, what's all this travelling stuff about? And then the second country I've ever been to is Turkmenistan over in over in like the Middle East, ex-Soviet country. And, um, yeah, it was definitely like a, it was a massive culture shock. That's for sure. But, um, yeah. I absolutely loved it over there. It was, um, the whole experience of it all was, was amazing. And, um, if anyone's sort of like confused as to what Turkmenistan is, the dark tourist was actually at the same comp. They are, it's on a Netflix series. Wow. And one of the episodes, I think it's called the stands. He actually went to the same comp that we, that we had the Australian team out where he talks about what the country's like, but yeah. It was Fantastic. definitely a massive eye-opener and since then it's been like had the travel bug ever since because it's amazing to experience like such a such a different culture. It seems to be like part of just this is just your your life. Like you just go straight to the deep end for anything. It's like you're New Zealand, <laughs> somebody might go to America, Europe, sure, but you've just well, got New Zealand, Turkmenistan. Sure, let's just get it get it done with right now. Yeah. <laughs> what is all yeah, just yeah. one of my secrets of the world, yeah. No, yeah, why not? Yeah. Definitely, um, definitely an all-in type of person. It's not a little like, oh, we'll just you know, walk our way in and see what this is all like. Uh, it's definitely, you know, let's go to the uh, fast ends of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we know the stands love their their weightlifting and their their wrestling. So it's kind of, I guess, it's a. I can imagine epic crowds. Kind of went back when we could have crowds. Like I'm sure a very passionate sort of uh, place to to weightlift. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it definitely is. They like all the stands that. They, as you said, they love their weightlifting. Um, and even like we, we had a Taekwondo team with us watching the Taekwondo. Like every single stadium you went to was sold out. Like it was, it was packed. Um, so it, it was an amazing experience just to, just to be there um, and experience like, like crowds that big of weightlifting, like events here in Australia, you, you know, you're lifting in front of 50 people with that. And then like you're over there and it's yeah, 200, 300, 400 people in, in the stadium all cheering. Um, so it's definitely a different experience. 
one yeah, event I, I want to talk so, to you about as well before the Olympics. I, I believe you went to the Arnold Classic over yeah. in, in the in the US. Now, yeah. the obvious question: Did you meet the man, or did you see the man? And and also, what was it like competing at the Arnold Classic? No, yeah, that was awesome. Actually, I loved it over there. I didn't really want to come on, but it was. Um, but it was. Yeah, actually, if I did did get to uh, brush shoulders with old Arnie. Great. We, um, we're watching a strongman deadlift competition with um, Thor, the um, human mountain, uh, but Thor Hudson, whatever he, however you pronounce his name, from the Game of Thrones. So obviously, deadlifting a whole lot of weight, and he was at the event as well. And then where we were standing was basically where they would exit. Um, and yeah, basically went past, gave him a head nod. He gave me a head nod as he went past. He's a lot of security guards, so he couldn't really get too close to him. But <laughs> that was a pretty cool moment. He's actually a lot shorter than I thought, but yeah, good job. Yeah. Terminator got to walk past me. It was, uh, wow. it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, Olympian so and cool. walking past the Terminator. That I mean, again, resume is looking good here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Once again, down the deep end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's, um, so that, that was a surreal experience, actually, like seeing him in person. It's sort of like one of those, you, it, you see him on TV, it's sort of like you don't believe they're a real person. And then like, that's them there in the flesh sort of thing. It's sort of like, once again, another surreal moment. But yeah, no, the Arnold Classic, that was, that was awesome. Like, in America, like weightlifting out there has grown so much, obviously, because of CrossFit. Um, so, like, in that competition alone, I think they had 1,500 athletes. So, um, and, like, they didn't have any crowds there because that was the start of, obviously, all the COVID sort of stuff hitting. Um, that was, like, when we didn't really know what, what it really was, really. Um, but, yeah, that was the start of all that. So, they didn't have crowds there. But with 1,500 athletes, still, like, the biggest crowd I'd ever had. Staying in a weightlifting comp, and they had like four platforms going at once, and it was just wow. It was um, it was an outstanding environment. Fantastic, fantastic. I remember when um he brought it to Melbourne a, a couple of times, and it was always around that Grand Prix time. I used to do media at the Grand Prix, and one of the years he came to the Grand Prix, and it was just it was surreal because. You're there covering motorsport. You're there, you know, talking to Formula One drivers, and all of a sudden you get word that Arnold Schwarzenegger is about to arrive. Everybody just like loses it, and you just goes yeah. boom straight to the thing. Gets out of the car, gives a little wave at the crowd, and walks into the paddock. But it's kind of just it's just one of those people, isn't he? Where it's like no matter whether you like his movies or anything, like it's just yeah. there's freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's right there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. He's one of those people you just you know like no no matter where you are in the world, they know who he is. It's yeah. um. Whether, yeah, from no matter what it is. But yeah, it is definitely like that. It's like, it's almost walking with like a blower in. It's like, a, like it's a holy shit, that's Arnold. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a good way of looking at it, a glow around him. I think there is. Yeah, that, that, that kind it's like of, an aura. That, yeah, like, for sure. Like you're just in shock. Like, it's Arnold. Yeah, like, you're wearing the Buckeyes t shirt, I have to say, mate. Was that, was that from the trip? That was uh, yeah. from the Arnold Classic? Yeah, like, might as well just jump in the bandwagon since I've been yeah. there. Yeah, that once, what? though. Well, did you go to any practice. games? Did you see any games when you were there? Nah, so we, we got there, it was in March. So the football season all finishes in, in like January, sort of yep. February sort of time. So yeah, but no, nah, big big American football fan as well. So I go for the Mighty Chargers as well. Ah, okay. Uh, LA Chargers and then, yeah. So now I'm a, I'm a Buckeye fan in college football. So since I went there once, it's not a bad nice. little team to jump on the bandwagon of. So. Could go worse. Yeah. <laughs> I always find yeah, it's, that's it's, right. so, it's, well. it's the great thing I love about going to the States is that you generally do have your teams in the majors, but you kind of open as an Australian to 
you know, exploring the college teams, right? We have no allegiance. So I, I like going to these places and kind of being sold. Like I've been sold as a Tennessee fan. I've been sold as a Utah fan. I've been sold as a Nebraska fan. I've got all the, I've got all the merch just because people are trying to recruit me as a fan. So yeah. I'll take it. I'm like, if you give me a cool looking t-shirt, I'll go for anybody. Yeah, no, nah, definitely is. It's, um, I love the American culture in regards to the sport and stuff like that. Um, it's amazing. And then like, some of the athletes that they, they've got going over there, it's, it's outrageous. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely like, yeah, they all want to recruit you. Why, yeah. why you should be uh, this team or that team supporter. Yeah. Yep. We, we kind of do that here though. Like when they come out and it's like, oh, what team should I go for in the AFL or the NRL? Yeah, well, you've got to be this team, right? Like yeah. you have to go for this team. So, yeah. you know. I cop it all the time as well from my mates with going for Richmond. They're like, oh, you didn't even grow up in Melbourne. I'm just like, that old chestnut. Yeah. How does it feel to be a traitor to your city? I think it could be worse. I think it's worse to get accused of being a bandwagoner. Like, you know, you've gone through the thick and thin of the, the ninth place finishers and all that kind of stuff. Like, you've yeah, been there from the beginning. It's, it's worse if you just jumped on them in the last couple of years. Oh, they're winning. Let's go for Richmond. Nah, yeah, definitely was. Um, and then there was a time there when they were, yeah, they were probably between like 11th and 9th a lot. And then they snuck into the eight eventually. And then, yeah, obviously, then they went on their, their run. But back when, yeah, they were coming, those things, and lines were coming like 15th, 16th. It was like, yeah. Yeah. It's Apple's it's interesting. Right. What's because, the Broncos doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I when I lived in Brisbane, I obviously would go to as many games as I could, but mm. I actually went end up going to more Suns games. Uh and I actually yeah. somehow ended up in the Suns cheer squad. Don't even ask me how. Yeah. And ended up getting a real soft spot for them because it was sort of you, you, I talked to so many fans and they were like, Yeah, I'm a I'm a Swan supporter, I'm a Tiger supporter, but like we're here supporting the club, like because we want them to survive and thrive here in the Gold yeah. Coast. So none of us technically go for the Suns, but we're gonna support our local team. So I really like that sense of community and so yeah, I've got a real soft spot for the Suns. Yeah. I, I like the Suns as well. Actually I've been down to a few games down there at uh, Metricon. They um the stadium there's pretty cool actually. Like oh, it's a great stadium. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, no, I'm 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 a similar way with you with having a soft spot for them. I always I don't mind watching them. Um, yeah. Hopefully they can keep some talent. So they always seem to have good talent, but then they always go elsewhere and do really well. So obviously, Richmond stole Lynch, and then you had uh, Stevie May. He's going down to right Melbourne, Melbourne now. right he's, now. He's doing yeah. really well. Um, so hopefully they can hold on to old, old uh, Tommy Rowley up there and. Sort of see if they can they can create something. They got they took uh, Brandon Ellis from us though, so that's all. That's true. That's true. I mean, you did all right for you guys, kind of you know new challenge, right? All that yeah. kind of stuff. So yes, yeah, he was good on the wing, but yeah, that's all right. He's doing well in the midfield and finally showing what how good he actually is. It's pretty hard yeah, to get sure. like Richmond midfield through those years. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll see how how he plays out with that. What was that moment like when you knew you would book that ticket? to Tokyo I mean you sort of mentioned kind of this unique journey that you'd sort of gone along there I mean it must be a pretty special feeling to kind of enter this sport pretty late and a pretty quick turnaround and boom you're an Olympian yeah it was like so like obviously the wait for like 12 extra 12 months it was sort of like you know don't count chickens before they hatch sort of thing so because obviously there's some old Sinili Mayo he's a Com Games gold medalist so it was sort of going for the same spot um and um so it was sort of like if he can sneak to a comp or anything like that. So it was always like, it was literally waiting until basically I got selected till I was like, yeah, I can go. Whereas like, obviously some people were sort of early crown and I was like, oh, no, nah, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then um, it wasn't really till that announcement day that we had 
um, that I was sort of like the energy like started like oh, holy shit it's happening like this is like did the whole and then like sort of like standing in front of the uh, microphone for the journalist there I was like oh, trying to trying to talk to him I'm like oh, God. where's the media training media training yeah, I was gonna and say sort of like, where is that help me out there, here like, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, they're not so on the news. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, hey, you would have made the news that night. You would have gotten oh, some attention to it. I would have, yeah. yeah. Wait for Kaylee McEwen at the Olympics, right? Come on. <laughs> yeah, just drop a couple of F-bombs and away you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, it was, uh, it was definitely like that's when the energy sort of started. And then obviously because then there was like all the – I wouldn't really say it was protests with Tokyo, but there was all the media saying, you know, the locals don't want to go on ahead in Tokyo and everything like that. So I was like, oh, don't get too excited. But then once I was on the plane and once I got over there and you're sort of walking around and you're like, like just like you're there and like that's when like the excitement like really, really hit like I'm at the Olympics. like, And then sort of like had a moment going through the opening ceremony where I was sort of like walking out and like, as I was saying earlier about watching the Sydney like opening ceremony and that sort of thing, it was sort of like so I had flashbacks to like watching this as a kid. And like now I'm one of the people that's walking out that I used to watch as a kid. And you're like, yeah. as a kid, you're watching on TV trying to recognise people, and I'm like, now I'm in that group of people walking out. It was sort of like a wow, this is great, this is happening. Wow. And what was that? I mean, that was such an odd opening ceremony too. Like, I mean, I guess you've got nothing really to compare it to outside of watching it on TV. But, I mean, what was it sort of like in that stadium walking out to really nobody? Yeah, it was sort of like, obviously, like, you know, that's not not ideal. But I was sort of like also thinking like I could just imagine how awesome it would be. Like, if this was full, this would be going absolutely bonkers. Like, it was like, but it was still like that adrenaline of going through it all. Japanese did it right. Like they oh, full credit to Japan. Like they their volunteers were so excited. Like they're like walking before walking into the stadium, it took I think it was about a two hour process. And like the volunteers were like so excited to see everyone for that whole time. And it was just like it was like they yeah, they did it right. It was like, wow. Like you still made it feel special, like when there's no one in the stand still. Yeah, and do you you try and do the whole sneaky like walk around on the edge a little bit so the cameras can maybe pick you up, maybe just you know get behind Patty and Kate there and just be kind of you know like wave just to make sure that you're getting on on TV so people can see you. I sort of I sort of did like I was sort of like off center to the left. I got like a few people did see me, but I didn't get like a whole heap of like airtime so to speak. But um, but yeah, because like obviously they they did an order so like the people that have been to the most Olympics towards the front. But the problem with that is, is the basketballs are the ones that have been to the most Olympics. So, you know, yep. you got six foot seven people walking in front. <laughs> like, oh. um, but no, I was slightly off to the left. I got a couple of pictures, screenshots of me uh, walking through the, uh, walking through there from a couple of lads. So, Great. Um, they did get to see it. But yeah, it was sort of like, I was sort of like, initially I was thinking that, but then like when you're actually in the moment, I was sort of like, stuck in the moment to be thinking to be like oh get on camera yeah <laughs> sort of like just sure. sort of trying to soak it in, soak it in i like that idea that that's kind of how they do it though that they sort of you know up front yeah. these are the the multiple olympia like that's a good way of doing yeah. it i guess I, I didn't realize that's how they did it yeah so that's it i don't know if they always do it like that, but yeah they sort of like did it so then like you know if you've been to your third or fourth olympics you know you know you should obviously get to be in the front so yeah, um, kind of i guess it's like if i mean they, they can't give the flag bearing position to everyone so it's kind of like well yeah. the next best thing is you're front and center so you can see yeah. kate you can see patty but there you are directly behind yeah. them 
Well, I think, oh, yeah, I think Caden's staying with Miami. That was a fifth, I think, from memory. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. Like, yeah, so, yeah that's, that's outrageous. And do you, what, what's it like kind of just, you know, you're on a team with these athletes and obviously, you know, when you're going to the competitions you've been to, you, you're not going to Turkmenistan with the swimmers. You're not going there with the boomers. Like, what's it kind of like then to be teammates with sort of athletes from all the different sports and walking around the village and you're wearing the Australian uniform and Paddy Mills is wearing the, the Australian uniform, like, you know, kind of Jess Fox, you know, seeing people like that, that they're your teammates. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like, especially, yeah, as you said, with the basketballers, um, they're probably the, the biggest names. Um, it was cool to obviously just be able to just, like, hanging out with, you know, NBA players, basically, and um, and some of the best athletes. And then, like, yeah, as you said, obviously, Jess Fox, she did outstanding. Um, she's um, obviously like kayaking wasn't a sport that I really knew a lot about. <laughs> yeah, kayaking and, um, and then learning about her being like one of the greatest of all time at what she does. It's like, that's, yeah, that's cool. Um, obviously, and then like Ash Barty walking around as well. I saw her, um, like those sort of people. And you're just like, holy, like obviously <laughs> watching her win Wimbledon a few weeks ago. Like, yeah, and now exactly. Now she's your teammate. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's crazy to think that, and also with the the weightlifting team in general. I mean, this was the biggest weightlifting team that Australia had sent to an Olympics since Sydney. There were, there were five of you. I mean, kind of what what was the mood like amongst all five of you going in? Was it kind of great to be part of a you know an expanded team that had been you know twenty years since Australia had had that many athletes at an Olympic Games in the sport of weightlifting? Yeah, it definitely was. So like all of us hanging out, like it's probably even even better because we've almost we've all been on this journey together. Like we've all been in Australian teams together since um, like Brando came, me and Brando were in the Australian team back in 2017. Um, Kiana was a bit before that even. She's, um, she was sort of like the experienced campaigner, you know, I think she's younger than us, but she's, uh, she's been in the Australian system for a long time. And um, obviously it was awesome to see Erica go there as well. Um, she's been in the sport for 20 plus years. Um, so it's for her to, to reach the Olympics as well. So the actual whole buzz and charisma was the other one there as well. Who's um, who's did really well at Com Games and then made it there. But the whole buzz because we've all been in the last two years, been going through Pacific Games and all the other competitions to qualify for us all to be there together. It was, it was awesome. Um, like, and to have like a coming from a team sport background to have sort of like a team. Um, uh, yeah, the the actual energy that you get off each other and feed off each other is. Is fantastic. Um, it's it's like you know what one of the reasons why I love sports so much. So um, yeah, the actual feeling going around in the actual room, like around the weightlifters, was was amazing. What was that period like between the opening ceremony then and your competition? Because you were what on like the the last, the second last day essentially. Yeah. So you had a bit of a wait to kind of go around. I mean, is it would you prefer to sort of get over and done with, be on the first couple of days, or do you like sort of being able to wait around, cheer your teammates on, add a bit of extra training and kind of just soak up that Olympic atmosphere between the opening ceremony and your competition day? I did enjoy it. Um, like I did enjoy that having that extra time because I, I almost basically got to experience the whole whole Olympics because um, obviously I got there um, just before the opening ceremony and didn't have to compete for I think it was like 14 days or 16 days since I got there or something like that. Um, and so I almost got like the whole Olympic experience, which which I'm very grateful for. Um, and like being able to be there for for the teammates and like be able to like, for the girls. So Kiana and Erica were in the same session, and then for the Brando session, I was in the back room as well with helping out and being able to experience like 
not only being in my session, but being also a part of like their sessions as well was, was amazing to be able to cheer them on and um, in particularly Brando going six for six and, and crushing it um, considering um, like he's just come back. He had a couple of injuries and stuff at the start of the year. So seeing him do that, um, obviously really happy for him um, to be able to go and do that. And then Kiana snatching 101 kilos from Oceana record. Um, that was amazing as well. Um, On a birthday to too, right? <laughs> yeah, it was her birthday too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. It was her birthday. Nice birthday present to kind of be able yeah, to... Uh, I guess to, to compare to the Olympics and snatch yeah. a PB and Oceana record. Why not? That's uh, that's the way yeah. you want to do it. In, in yeah. terms of your own performance though... Matt, uh, I mean, how did you how did you go into it? Did you sort of you know set yourself a, a, a goal to kind of lift a certain weight, finish a certain position, and, and kind of how did you leave Tokyo feeling about how you did perform? Yeah, so I, obviously I did go in. I went in with probably high expectations, probably too high, considering it was my big first first big event. But um, like to me, I felt like I I I didn't perform up to what I'd like to, unfortunately. So like the actual competition itself for me, I was a bit disappointed in. Um, it was sort of like a weird after the after the fact sort of sitting there and thinking like it's sort of like a weird mix of emotions of both being proud and disappointed all at the same time it was like this weird sort of feeling um, I got two snatches just missed the third uh, but then yeah on cleaning jerks just uh, I don't know I don't know what it was there's a few things obviously two weeks in quarantine gives you time to sort of reflect and uh, there's probably a few things I, I probably would have should have changed in the lead up. Like obviously the energy of being in the training hall for the week before, I was probably pushing a bit too hard that close to competition, um, which then probably left me being a little bit, maybe a little bit flat for the competition as well. Um, but yeah, like it was sort of like a weird sort of feeling like, yeah, it was, but um, like I wasn't necessarily over the moon about it, but um, but then at the same time, I was sort of like really proud of, of being there and what, what I'd achieved sort of thing. So it was sort of like, the thing it's probably been a good good time now to be able to like reflect on it and then obviously now just getting back in back into life basically i do like the line you said in an interview after the the day you said it's definitely not the last you will see of me so it's kind of got mm. that that sort of line of, of looking forward so i mean yeah. again this is a question i know that everybody hates answering already so quickly after tokyo but i mean is paris the goal kind of like is it you've had this taste now and want to keep pushing forward to you know joining damon as a two-time olympian in a few years time yeah, definitely. So, um, definitely Birmingham next year. Um, so, like, because it's a short turnaround. So, basically, like, i got to compete again in a month's time, which might be a qualifying event, might not be. Who knows? Um, with COVID and everything like that that's going on. Um, but um, Birmingham's the goal at the moment. Um, obviously, having a taste of of Olympics and that sort of environment, obviously, want that again. Um, and at Birmingham, obviously... For the Commonwealth, for weightlifters, we're a lot more competitive as well, so it can be pushing um, up for those medals sort of thing. Um, and then from there, be able to then have a bit of time to reflect and then look at going, possibly having a run for Paris, depending on what's happening with weightlifting. I don't even know. Like, there's all the all the shenanigans happening at the top of the sport at the moment and everything that's going on. I don't know what's going on with it, so I stay out of all that sort of stuff. But um, just yeah so if if it is there wait to hear what the qualification requirements are and go from there basically and and um see if you can have another run and another crack at it then well i'm talking about runs and cracks with everybody we get on the show you are a brisbane boy so 11 years time a home olympics you'll be what 38 
you know? I mean, how's that for a weightlifting age? Is it is it doable? Is it possible? Can you keep on cracking? If not, can you try hand at another sport? <laughs> You've got 11 years to perfect it there, Matt. Uh, I'd like to think so. I don't know if my knees think the same thing, though, but um, all, all, uh, all the way through the legs, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but who knows? It would be awesome to be a part of it in some capacity, whether it be, you know, as an athlete or if there's any other sort of capacity could could roll into. But, um, yeah, to have a home Olympics would be, like, outstanding. If, well, I think... And of all the places, I might be biased, but I think Brisbane would be able to do, do it well, do it right. You're allowed to be biased. I think that works, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just seeing it now, though, that, like, you've got – I mean, there's obviously Paris and L.A. So, let's say you go to both, dual Olympic gold medalists, right? So, then by Brisbane, the weightlifting <laughs> centre would have to be renamed after you. Like, right now, I'm sure Dean Lucan's got a bit of dibs over that, maybe. <laughs> but, like, he's only got the one gold. If you get the two, then it oh. could easily be called the Matthew Litterman Weightlifting Centre at the Olympic Games. Yeah, I don't know. Can you ever get better than the first one, though? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think two is better than one. Just saying. Uh, two is better than so. one, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think uh, Dan Lucan would have, would have it over me. You have to give props to, to the original, the OG. Yeah. But again, you're yeah. you're a local though. Like he's not from Brisbane, is he? So kind of like it's got to it's got to work out a little bit more in your favour. That like he had his chance in Sydney, right? Like bugger that, he didn't get it. So as the Brisbane boy, kind of works <laughs> more in your favour. Come on. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. It'd be weird. <laughs> having my name on things would be definitely weird. But yeah, no. It's, uh, There's yeah. still time. You never know. <laughs> Give it time. You, you, you might change that. You change that opinion uh, when it when it happens. Now, Matt, we, we close out with a series of fun sort of get to know you questions. But before I get to those, I believe you've taken part in some strongman competitions. Now, these events I used to love watching as a kid when you're watching these guys pulling trucks and freaking seven four sevens and all that kind of stuff. What, what's it? Give us give us a mindset of a strongman competition and 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 is it, is it pretty easy to just pull a truck, pull a plane? Pretty simple. <laughs> Mate, you did a deep dive there. Um, yeah, I did one of those. Oh, when was that? It would have been 2013, probably. I can't remember. But um, yeah, no, that was uh, it was definitely an interesting experience going from like you know, I was well, I wasn't quite as heavy as I am now, being a 109 kilo weightlifter. But um, yeah, it was definitely interesting being the, the smallest man out there. Um, <laughs> it was also like uh, one of the events. Probably the highlight was the uh, we did a car deadlift, which was. Uh, you know, it looks cool. It's not. It's not actually that heavy. They put it on like a hinge, so it, it looks looks cool. But uh, that was definitely probably the highlight of like making it look like I can deadlift the car. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a very different world. That old the whole strongman world and everything like that. It's all heavy metal and you know, rock on and everyone's angry and you know, blood noses and the rest of it. But uh, compared to weightlifting where it's very much like, you know, very respectful and like when you're lifting, everything's silent and quiet and then there's a round of applause after you make lifts. And um, yeah, it's definitely a different sort of environment. But yeah, no, that was definitely, that was definitely an experience that I'm glad I ticked it off the box, did it once, don't know if I'll do it again, but yeah, I did it once for a bit, bit of fun. I going to say if they ended up including that in the Brisbane Olympic uh, program that, you know, you could get back into it, you oh. never know. Gold medal lifting a plane. That's a pretty good feeling, right? <laughs> like, can't can't, can't quite see that happening much. <laughs> I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely need to be eating, eating quite a bit of food to be able to get up to the size of those big boys, but yeah. <laughs> good excuse though, right? You know? Like, oh, yeah. Any excuse to eat a lot of food. 
take it, you know. Go back to the States, eat all the American food. How great is yeah. it? Come on, like, you know, pushing it that way. Now, uh, as I said, yeah, God, yeah, just load it all up, absolutely. Uh, as I said, we close off with a series of fun sort of get-to-know-you questions. As always, this is uh, based off a Team Canada questionnaire they gave their athletes ahead of Rio and Pyeongchang. Now, uh, obviously, we've had a couple of weightlifters, and as I've said, we usually take a questionnaire that has been answered by somebody from your sport. Unfortunately, we've never had a weightlifter at least published on the Team Canada website. I usually go for the one wrestler that they put questions to, W, wrestling, weightlifting, but I've gone the opposite today. I've chosen somebody we've never done before. I've gone with an athlete called Kimberly Hyacinth, and she's a track runner. So not really the same, but why not? This is uh, I'm going to see what her answers are and see if you can uh, compare to them with there. So if you could choose any Olympic host city, where would it be? Um, any Olympic host city, like mm. Brisbane, yeah. Like, I was gonna say, you've got Brisbane. it too, so it works. Best. Yeah, yeah. That's be amazing. I'm putting Go high expectations it. on it, so hopefully they can live up to it. I think I think they've got uh, they've got enough time, I guess, oh, to uh, to prepare right. And I think also, can I just say, having seen that closing ceremony in the Gold Coast, they've got a lot of mistakes to learn from. So uh, they, they can't fuck that up, surely. Oh, that's right. They they completely absolutely bombed, didn't they? Yeah, bit of yeah. bit of an error on that one. But uh, when you've got the organizer, you know, it was a Peter Beatty coming in. Yeah, well, exactly. That's true. I mean, you'd expect <laughs> that from the Gold Coast. I'm sure, they're not trash. run by the same people. Yeah, I don't think Peter Beattie's going to get the uh, the gig there for that anymore in uh, 11 years' time. Um, Guy Sebastian, they did that? Yeah, Guy was like the headline act. Yeah, I think it was just the Australian Idol reunion tour. They just basically got all the Australian Idol singers. I don't think Shannon did. No, No, second again. Yeah, exactly. God, he got he got snubbed when you got like Paulini doing it, not Shannon. I think, Noel. Was that when he was going? I think he was going through some stuff at that point. Yeah, possibly. That was possibly. all private schoolboy stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Bring back the flavour saver. His career might uh, pick up again. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, in your spare time, what do you most like to do? Uh, at the moment, I've been playing a lot of golf. Nice. Uh, so I played, wow. I played yesterday with my old uh, cricket captain, actually, old Milmo. Shout out to Milmo. I don't know if he leave with but hopefully he does. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. So at the moment, we got play golf down at uh, Virginia Golf Club at the moment with a uh, bunch of the lads I used to play with cricket with at um, say at Redcliffe. So great to Gators as well. But yeah, so at the moment, it's a lot of golf. Yeah, fantastic. Well, there's there's your other Olympic sport there, Matt, for Brisbane golf, yeah. twenty thirty two. I think the flying mullet, old Tim Smith's got me covered. <laughs> there, so. You could grow a mullet, that's all it takes, right? <laughs> yeah, grow a mullet, shave Oz in the side of your head. Yeah, um, done. Start hitting big bombs. So. Does does the strength help? Like like for your drive? Like does that actually help or not at all? Uh, I don't think so. Not for golf. It's like it's if that was the case that uh, old Bryson D D Shambo would be winning everything, but <laughs> he keeps getting beaten because he can't chip off the pile up. Well, yeah, saying that armchair critic here, but I'm, <laughs> I'm useless as well. But no, like the blokes I play with definitely can't uh, can't lift as much weight, but they definitely take me to school on the golf course. So. That's good then. At least there's that. But I was going to say, you just go down to Top Golf all the time down there and just kind of practice, the, you know, to, to get that strength. You know, yeah, no, that's uh, fun. That place, Top Golf. I loved going there. Really, I haven't been yet. Really? Oh, it's worth it. It's it's weird because you think like, well, how is this going to be fun? But it's essentially like bowling, but with golf balls. Like they make it to a level where you you're getting drunk, you're eating chicken, you're. Yeah. Shooting golf balls, why you not? For a circuit down Cavill Ave on the Gold Coast. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go hit up shooters. <laughs> why not? Casino. 
I yeah. remember one of my first times ever at Service Paradise. My ex and I uh, were there, and the ho- the closest restaurant was Hooters. It was right next door to our hotel. Hooters. So, you try going there with a pretty conservative partner at the time. Is like, oh, I'm not going to Hooters. And then she ended up leaving going, that was some of the best food I've ever eaten. And I'm like, yeah, oh, the, the food. That was me. Go back tomorrow. Lunch time. Yeah, exactly. So, Make it a regular. Yeah. <laughs> Regulars at Hooters on the Gold yeah. Coast. That's something to strive yeah, for. Actually, um, I haven't been to Hooters either. Yeah, well, let's see. Oh, look at this. Come I've on. I've been to the casino. I've been to the casino and um, I think it's Shooters, the big nightclub on Yep. Pebble. Yep. Um, apart from that, where else? I think that's about it. Been Jeez. out there a couple of times in Moomoo's, I think, I went down there. But <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Bringing back these memories. It's been a while since I've been there. So got to hit up, hit up Cavill Ave. Doesn't, doesn't match to the valley. No. Hobart's <laughs> yeah. got a good little little joint down in Salamanca down there in the markets. Oh, one. Like good cargo a- bar. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think cargo bar exists anymore, does it? Oh, Jesus. Look, I, I, I was away for a few years. I've only been back for a few months, and I tried to have this conversation the other day about like what's what still exists, and mm. yeah, Hobart still be there though, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely, they'll never get rid of that. I mean, oh, that hasn't no, been updated no. since. Is that heritage listed or what? Uh, should be again. Oh, nothing's no, changed yeah. inside in in fifty years, so I mean, no, it's, it's like you're stepping into the seventies. So, yeah. <laughs> I thought Brisbane had the worst or something like that. <laughs> hey, ours was the first. So yeah, that's right. It's historical. It's just that's, that's why just, I had to go there when I was down there. I was like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go to the first casino in Australia. Did you go to the revolving restaurant at top of Rest Point Tower? No. Oh, now you're missing out. The Hobart things you've got to do, the revolving oh, restaurant. I was only down there. I was down there for Nationals in 2017. It was just literally we went out the Sunday night, which Hobart turns out shuts down pretty early on a Sunday. <laughs> you um, think it's just a Sunday? <laughs> well, I'm not sure Sunday. I'm sure that'd be. One day a week we're open, Saturday night the rest, 6 p.m., go home, go to bed, have some milk. <laughs> Yeah, basically, and I was like, so yeah, that's why we ended up in the casino. I was like, because everything's shut. And I was like, oh, we'll yep. be starting after nationals. But, uh, <laughs> bunch we, bunch we of hungry and thirsty weightlifters want to go out in the town. Come on, yeah. Hobart, open Been up. Been here in a while. Please, <laughs> <laughs> Casino oh. did well that night, I can imagine. Um, what is the weirdest instruction your coach ever gave you? <laughs> My coach. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, probably pull the shit out of it. <laughs> pull the shit out of it. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it was on a snatch. I think. Just I think it was a. Oh, actually, wasn't it? Twenty. Might have been about twenty eighteen. Oh, no, I might have been 2018 States. I think I missed my opening snatch. He's like, just go there and pull the shit out of it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I want that on a T-shirt. Like, that's pull weightlifting shit. merch right there. Pull the shit out of it. Yeah, you know? pull the shit out of it, yeah. Go and for it. Pull the shit out of it. I like that. Pray. I really like that. Pull and pray could be another shirt. Yeah, pull and pray. <laughs> wow. I like I like hearing these sort of, you know, one-liners from different sports. There's the whole merch, you know. Yeah. The AOC, instead of like selling just this, you know, Team Australia weightlifting, like pull the shit out of it, Team Australia weightlifting. Like yeah. that would sell. Come oh, on. would it ever? Yeah. John Coates, I know you're a big listener to this show. Get on get on board with it. Um, your favorite <laughs> your favorite workout is Favorite workout. I always like my favorite movement snatching. I like snatches, so probably these snatches would be involved in it somewhere. Um, Good job. So that, um, and then you know, 
walk on a golf course. Does that all work out? That's nice. That works. That's a, that's a workout, you know. It's a lot more physical than people give it credit for, golf. Come on. No. It's hard to walk it with a beer you. in one hand and Especially a golf club. Especially when you're going on right, left, right, left, right, left. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, walking a long way when you got to cover three fairways. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of keep on walking. Uh, your favourite sandwich is sandwich. Um, mm. Hmm. It's a pickle and a good burger. Does that count? Um, that 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 counts. Sure. Do we that? Um, uh, steak sanger from the pub. Oh yeah, good Love one. The steak sanger. Yep. Actually, Medium rare. Well. I thought that was a good one. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Okay, I like it. Uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Superpower? Hmm. I feel like flying's the easy one because you just fly anywhere you wanted. But I'll just fly over to, you know. Go back go to Ohio. To go just fly to America <laughs> for a night. Yep. yep. Yeah, I might just cruise down to New Zealand. I might just, you know. Turkmenistan. Yeah, over probably over Turkmenistan and say good day to him again. Go, go back, see your mates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, all your good Turkmenistanian buddies. <laughs> Love oh, yeah. it. Uh, the best candy in the world is? Candy. Mm. Um, I'd have to go Red Frog. So usually when I can yes. in Australia, I, I always have a pack of Red Frogs because my first first or second ever comp, Dame, I actually bought Red Frogs with him. And uh, so since then, it's not a superstition because obviously I don't do it all the time. But yeah, ever since then, if I'm competing and I'm having something to to eat while I'm going, uh, red frogs is always a go-to during competition. So That's, keep the sugar up. I think you might be the first to answer that, and it makes me happy because yeah, they are they are great. And bugger the green frogs, it's all about the red frogs. They are the that's where red it's frogs. at. I've never yeah. even had frogs oh, don't, don't! I mean, they're fine, but red frogs are a thousand yeah. times better. So, and when you get those generic, like sort of the multicolored ones, where they try and make them all taste the same, it's like no, like red frogs. Red frogs have their unique taste, right? So the OG, like, yeah, they're the OG, the red frogs. Exactly, exactly. Now, you, I mean, you, you've answered this uh, as a kid. Your favorite sports team was, I mean, out, outside of. AFL kind of uh, North America like who, who are you who are your teams you mentioned the Chargers you have teams in, in the NBA well, the NHL or yeah so NBA it's, it's it was like it's Denver Nuggets because I've always been Kamala Anthony fan so I yep. follow a lot of people so obviously then now I'm gonna it's a shame because I've always been mellow over LeBron but now Mallow and LeBron are the same team which has upset me a little bit because now they're <laughs> together in LA but so, yeah, I've always been a Mallow fan, but then there's always Nuggets because they were the OG team that um, had them, and I remember using them. But uh, then Broncos, um, obviously Brisbane Broncos. Uh, uh, Broncos are my team in rugby league, which uh, obviously that's going fantastic the last few years. Uh, loving it, <laughs> loving life. But, you know, we've got Adam Reynolds next year, so we're good. Um, and then obviously the Bulls for cricket and cricket, but Australian cricket team. Always, yep. The Heat, always I'm been. guessing, as well. Brizzy Heat as well, yeah, the Mighty Heat. Yep, beautiful, beautiful. Which I was, I'm surprised in, like, with the Broncos love, and then you've got Denver. Like, where did that not come into the Denver Broncos in the NFL? Like, that seems to me like the, the perfect fit there. Yeah, so the, the Chargers thing was actually in high school because of my last name. I got called LT a little bit. Um, and then back in those days, that was when LaDainian Le, Tomlinson was running back for Chargers. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like how that all meshed together. So you're OG back when they were still in San Diego. This isn't just yeah, a, San Diego, gone to LA. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, Merriman lights out at linebacker. 
Wow. I actually, I know a, a friend in Canada. He's a um, a Rams fan and sort of yeah. back before they went to LA as well. So it's obviously, it's kind of unique how LA went so long without a team. Now they've got two and isn't yeah. it that they kind of don't, give, like people in LA don't really give a shit of either the teams. It's just all the, the supporters from San Diego and St. Louis still go for them. Basically, every, all the Chargers fans are all upset that they left San Diego, but they did it for the um, to try and get more money in the LA yeah. market, I think. But Because then they put forward to get the big, Actually, it's a nice stadium. It's mm. massive. So yeah. yeah, a lot of the Chargers fans want to. I'd like to go to San Diego. Well, it's, it's, I, I, San Diego is my favorite place in California and I've, I've been past the stadium and I mean, this is a, the beauty of North America, right? Like you've got this beautiful looking stadium that, oh, it's 10 years old. It's, it's obsolete. Like it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's a great looking stadium, but yeah, no, I, I, I'd like to see them go back to San Diego. There's it's a, a great city. The, there's a team at the moment that's trying to get us there. Oh, um, Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo they're my team. Yeah. So I, uh, I yeah. You talk you talk about hardships. You try living through three Super Bowl losses in a row. Like, I mean, God, like, you, yeah, you get Bowl. one of them. <laughs> Just kind of going on that you page. Super Bowl list. Um, yeah, well, that that's true. That's true. Uh, your favorite sports movie is sports movie. I'm not too good with the sports movies. Um, Happy Gilmore. Ah, oh, yes, great uh, answer. Happy Gilmore. But if we're going serious, I like Coach Carter as well. That was a good movie. Yeah. Serious sport. Um, yeah. So happy that. Gilmore. Serious, Matt. Come on, that's that's yeah. how I play golf. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Sean McGavin, great days. great icon of golf. Come on, you oh, know. Yeah. What a man. Five more days for hockey try. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a hockey team? Do you do you get on board any of the hockey at all when you're in that uh, not really. Um I did like I was I did like New York Rangers just because I had a hockey Xbox game. I saw the Xbox game, I just used them. Um yep. that was when the only person I remember off of the stall. Um yep. I do remember as a kid because I had a Canadian math teacher. She had a Mr. S, probably won't miss him, but if he does, just in case. Um, <laughs> and he, um, so I used to talk to him a little bit about it. There was a bloke back in the day called Jordan Tutu. He used to be an enforcer for a team, so he was entertaining. Great. Drop the gloves and have a few punch-ons. Where, where, um, where, where in Canada was the teacher from? So, like, where were they trying to like? Were they trying to recruit you for a certain Canadian team? No, he, he was mainly basketball, but he, um, he was near. I think. The city near Justin Bieber. Toronto area? Toronto. Windsor, kind of Hamilton, maybe that sort of area? Maybe near Toronto. Yeah, I yeah. I just remember like in year nine, he said, I live near where Justin Bieber's from. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Canada. They're all, it's all just Canada. Why not? Yeah. I think everyone in Canada somewhere lives near Justin Bieber, right? He just moves yeah. around a lot. You know, him or Drake. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you live closer to Bieber or Drake? Oh, Drake. Okay, you're in that part of no. the country. Okay, I understand yeah. where you are now. If you could live anywhere in the world, Matt, where would it be? Oh, anywhere. I haven't been to England, but I think that would be a good time. Um, either there or America. I love. I loved it when I was over in America. Um, yeah, so one of those two countries, I'd say. Um, Non-English speaking countries. I've heard good things about Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good good time. Um, but yeah, probably at this stage, it either be probably England or America. Good answers. I like it. The final question: When you were little, what was one thing you always thought? Always thought. Mm, deep Jeez. question. Yeah, I wasn't really a deep thinker when I was little. I was more <laughs> of a do things and then see what happens, but. 
Um, oh, I thought. I'll give you an example. So, uh, Kimberly here has answered that Jafar was the meanest person ever. <laughs> Obviously, a bit of a Disney fan. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, from Aladdin, Jafar, the, the villain. Oh, of okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So you're going on that thing. Scar was the meanest, I thought, but, you know. Yeah. You're right. Scar would take what Jafar was, in a fight. <laughs> yeah, I kind of. What did I always think as a kid? I'm trying to think if it was like something I got told that was just rubbish from my parents. <laughs> and they lie to make you do things good. Yeah. <laughs> no. Eat your veggies, you grow up big and strong. Well, maybe yeah. it worked for you. I don't know. Maybe you did eat your veggies and now you're an Olympic weightlifter. So, hey, that could have been something that worked. <laughs> maybe. I do. I do eat veggies. It was always a meat. Maybe five veggies growing up. Still is. There you go. There's a yeah, secret. But yeah, no, I, I don't even really know. Jeez. That's all right. I it's a deep I one. Smart, right? I, was sort of, I never thought I was a smart person. Like, you could yeah. say that you thought Richmond would win a premiership one day, and hey, you were right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess I thought I'd play cricket for Australia. Okay. But then right. I realized I was a six foot seven, but I'm 140 k, so that didn't happen. <laughs> well, again, another thing though, cricket could very well be at the Brisbane Olympics. So again, 11 years to get back into shape. You never know. Put it in you the bin. Be there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I don't think cricket could be at the Olympics. You don't. You don't want it there. You don't. Don't see it. Uh, keep it the way it is. Do keep I'm a traditionalist when it comes to cricket. I was even right. against 2020 when it first started. Wow. I was like, nah, test matches is where it's at. Maybe because I'm a bowler and in 2020 you just get absolutely pumped, but yeah, it's not I'm a bowl like, sport. Test match. Test, we want test matches. Did you ever have that board game called, was it called Test Match? And it was like a little felt table and you had a little little tiny silver ball. And, oh, and like, then you'd press a button and it would go. Yeah. Did you ever have um, that? I didn't have it. My, uh, I think my cousin did. He had it. I remember playing at his house once, and like you'd sit there and you'd like you set your little field and everything like yep, that. Yeah, um, I remember hitting like three hundred runs on Ricky Ponting on Xbox. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that was always a good time. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, nah, I didn't didn't have that. I was it was always out the front. I'd always be annoying my parents to, oh my dad and my brother to go out and play cricket at the front every afternoon and everything like that. And when winter would come, we'd be kicking the footy. Uh, it was basically live outside and the street lights come on, you come inside. Um, it was always like that for us as kids because we, we live in a cul-de-sac, so it was pretty quiet, so you didn't have to worry about traffic or anything like that. So, um, and those street lights come on very quickly in Brisbane because I swear you have no twilight there. It's just it's day, night, done. Day There's night, no yeah. middle ground. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much, it would be about 5.30, 6 o'clock in winter. Um, you'd have to be inside and it would be about, some, sometimes in summer you push it out to about 7, I reckon. Yeah. We don't get the old daylight savings. No daylight savings, no. But do you even call it? I mean, when I lived there, you know, you'd be complaining when it was below 20. Oh, it's cold. I'm like, shut up. Go to Tasmania. Oh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite like that. It's more, it's more annoying for me. Like, I hate the, uh, like, the, probably between, like, 15 to 20 degrees because it's like you can't rug up. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's too cold to be walking around shit. So, yep. like, be one or the other. Stop being in the middle. Yeah, like I don't mind being cold. I don't mind being proper cold because you rug up and you sweat. Oh yeah. Like, when it's like in the middle and it's like you sweat in a jumper, but you're cold in a shirt. It's like this is. That's a good way of looking at it, actually, because you kind of you you you're going through the. Oh, do I put a jumper on? Do I turn the heater on? Like, what's the balance here? And you just kind of can't kind of get there. I, I love the fact that when Brisbane hosts the Olympics, it's in the winter. So Australia will be hosting our first ever winter Olympics. So it's um, you know, Is it's, it? it's perfect timing. Yeah, it's in it's in July. So it's it's technically Australian winter. So Yeah, wow. 
yeah. I guess, yeah. It would be like summer elsewhere in the world, I guess. But, yeah, it's, I didn't even know that. So, there you go. I didn't know it was in July. Because I, I was thinking they were going to oh, – Sydney awesome. was in September. Uh, I believe the Melbourne Olympics back in the day were in September. So, I thought they would have stretched it out to spring. But I guess, you know, Queensland, sunny one day, beautiful the next, whatever the slogan is. Yeah. So, it kind of – it works in the winter. So uh, September's when the footy finals are on, so we can't true. do that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they're going to have to delay because I remember in 2000 they brought the AFL season forward, didn't they, because they didn't want it to clash with the Olympics. So I wonder if they'll kind of have a break sort of so that the attention is on the Olympics in 2032 and they'll have like oh, a three-week yeah, break. Yeah, because footy season. Yeah. So. Well, I guess it's sort of that time where like, oh, actually it would be around Origin. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true too. You don't want an Origin game going on in the middle of the Olympics. No one would go to the Olympics. Well, maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll do it as part of the Olympics. Hey, bring back the exhibition sports, the demonstration sports. That would be epic. Wow. Yeah. That that is a pinnacle right there. State of origin at the Olympics. Holy crap. Yeah, well, imagine all the other countries that have never seen rugby league in their first would never clue. state of origin. Who's this great nation of Queensland and this great well, not a shit nation of New South Wales? Like what's going on here? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, better than us this year, but yeah. But we wow. had the worst kid ever last year and we beat him, so Hey, so maybe we need Wayne back. Yeah, always Wayne. bring Wayne back. Come on. Right, we need doubt. Wayne can win again. Yeah. Oh, Hashtag bring back Wayne. Matt, it's a pleasure to chat with you on the show, mate. If people want to sort of follow you, keep up to date with the journey, uh, social media or anything along those lines that you want to plug before we uh, let you go today? It's all it's all pretty much my name. So my last name's L-Y-D-E-M-E-N-T. Um, can be hard to spell, but yeah, Matthew Litterman. It's pretty much everywhere on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Um, so feel free to chuck a follow perfect well we uh, definitely enjoyed our time here on the show chatting with you and we're going to keep an eye on you closely it said Birmingham next year fingers crossed uh, that you bring home a, a gold and then Paris Los Angeles Brisbane 2036 keep going uh, we, we look forward to watching you and uh, a lot of fun chatting with you on the show thanks for joining us on Off the Podium thank you the world's, world's the oyster right? Eh? exactly and, yeah. and let's see let's see the Tigers return to the finals. It's been a drought for you guys. Come on. God. Back to the finals in 2022. <laughs> go, go, Dusty. will come back with a new living, uh, new kidney next year, so he'll be right. And a massive, massive thanks there to Matt for his time on the show. Makes me a bit nostalgic for living in that part of the world. It's a great city, Brisbane, and a great region, south uh, southeast Queensland. And uh, obviously, the whole state of Queensland is a fantastic state as well. So uh, the only place I've ever called home in Australia outside of Tasmania, so I always have a bit of a soft spot for that. And uh, we look forward to seeing Matt representing Queensland and Australia many more times on the world stage moving forward. And moving forward, we've got plenty of great more episodes and interviews coming your way. As always, if you want to know who we've got coming up, hit us up on social media off the podium is where you can find us you can also go onto all the good podcasting platforms search for us there hit the subscribe button you'll never miss an episode and of course you can go back and listen to all our other great interviews that we have if you're a weightlifting fan you can hear our kiana and our nina interviews of course that we've recently put up there as well so uh check those out and leave us some feedback we'd love to know what you're thinking of the show and maybe send us a message on social media if you've enjoyed this chat you're somebody from new south wales and are offended by me calling your state shit but hey it's all in good fun maybe and uh also of course if you have any ideas for episodes or guests we're always open to hear what you think of uh who you'd like to hear us hear us get on the show and also of course uh, maybe some episode ideas as well always have fun with those big thanks again to matt big thanks to everybody listening to off the podium today my name is ben and until next time 
time, go left. Turning Japanese up, they come turning Japanese up, right